one of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia eats. Would you open a restaurant in downtown Minneapolis today, in downtown any city today? Hi, it's Jason DeRussia. Welcome to this episode of DeRussia Eats. We've got two restaurateurs, a chef, and a guy who's worked his way up in the restaurant business to being an owner. Both of them are investing, opening new restaurants right in the heart of downtown. In a time where Minneapolis has been one of the slowest cities to return to the workplace. Yeah, people live here. Nice population in downtown. That's been steady. But the workplace? And certainly workers are leaving work earlier than they ever did before. You don't see a lot of happy hour. Sort of the things that sustained downtown businesses. So why is Brent Frederick from Jester Concepts opening Butcher and the Boar right in the North Loop, right near downtown? He's got P.S. Steak. He's got Burrow. He's got Manello, all right in Minneapolis. He'll talk about investing in downtown and rebirthing a, a restaurant that opened more than a decade ago. And then Vincent Francois. Really the number one name in French cooking in Minnesota for the last 20 years. Vincent had his own restaurant, spent the last six years kind of doing a corporate type job, then doing a country club, and now he's back in the game with a restaurant named after his daughter, Chloe. Vincent talks about being a father, about investing and being dedicated to downtown, and how we make sure that cooks actually learn how to cook. It's a big issue in restaurants. A great conversation with Brent Frederick and Vincent Francois on this episode of DeRussia Eats. It is time for DeRussia Eats, brought to you today by the Minnesota Pork Board and by Liquor Boy. Glad to welcome Liquor Boy in in St. Louis Park as one of our sponsors of DeRussia Eats. And today, uh, we have... The guy who's running a restaurant group that started, you told me you you started washing dishes or bussing tables? Bussing tables, yeah. No no dishwashing. No dishwashing. No. All right. Brent Frederick, Jester Concepts. Uh, how many restaurants do you have now, Brent? We are opening on our fifth brick-and-mortar location, but we've got the, the food trucks and the, the stadium concessions as well. Borough, parlor. P.S. Steak, Butcher and the Boar, Constantine, Manello. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty great lineup of high-quality restaurants, largely in Minneapolis. There's a parlor in St. Paul. Yep. Uh, How did you get into the restaurant business? Oh, I, uh, in college, I I applied for a busing job at Joe's Crab Shack in Roseville. And uh, where'd you go to school? I went to the University of Minnesota. Yeah, uh, for college, so I was twenty. Couldn't uh, couldn't legally drink yet, um, but they they gave me a, a fun busing job there, and couldn't couldn't hang out with the rest of the staff for a while. But that was that was fine. They moved me into server, and I kind of just fell in love with the industry. So what was it? What drew you to it? I think just being social. Yeah. You know, um, I think there's 
something new and challenging every day and you get to solve problems and you get to meet so many amazing people. That's what really drew me in. The people are incredible, right? I mean, from from the bussers and the dishwashers and the cooks to the people who end up in management. I, I, I find myself drawn also, it's why I, I cover this business. It's not because I'm getting rich uh, <laughs> writing a restaurant review a month or whatever, but it's, I find the people like they're, they're sort of dreamers. I would say they're the most interesting people and they're, they come from all walks of life. Some weirdos, plenty of weirdos. There's yeah. And I, I might be considered one of them. I, well, don't, yeah, I don't know. Right. I mean, I for kinda, sure would be. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's all in your perspective. It's all right. But I mean, if, if you think about it, you've got anywhere from 20 to 50 people working in a restaurant and you get to interact with all of these people and then the guests come in. Right. And then you get to meet them and you get to see every single walk of life, everybody from everywhere doing every different kind of job. And you just you get to see the world um, through a whole new set of eyes. I don't think you'd get, you know, doing uh, maybe a a desk job somewhere. You are in an interesting space in the restaurant world right now because you do full service, sit down a server comes in, there's a beautiful bar. It's a sort of the restaurant business that I think a lot of us are wondering, probably including you, where is this going in a time where people, because the pandemic got so used to takeout, do people want to sit down and be taken care of? I I think so. And, and that's kind of what, what we're investing in and, and doubling down on a little bit. I think a lot of people in my position said, how do we get into fast casual? How do we get more to go? How do we get more third party? And I would say that throughout time, people have always wanted an experience. And that is our that is our belief, that people want to come in and be taken care of. I think hospitality is a very much a lost art right now in our industry. And I think we're doing our darndest to make sure that it's not lost and we, we bring it back for everybody. What, what do you mean by that? Um, on the hospitality front, um, throughout the pandemic – We've got masks, right? And you've got mask mandates and you've got screens covering up everything. It was it was not very hospitable. You couldn't right. get close to each other. There wasn't that interaction. And you need to have interaction to be hospitable and, and whether it's through voice or through touch or through expression. Um I think the hospitality in the restaurant industry has not not because there aren't some great operators, including ourselves. We've lost it, too, because we lost all of our systems. You have to let go of all your staff when the pandemic hit, and then you kind of have to rehire them, right? So a lot right. of things got lost. Yeah, I've I've heard more complaints from people about feeling about service, and especially at a time where more and more restaurants have have a surcharge plus a tip line. It seems like these two issues are sort of colliding where the regular diner is like, you know what? I, I, I'm prices are going up. I'm not going to tip the automatic 20% and then 15 more to be not taken care of. Absolutely. And they shouldn't, they really shouldn't. If someone has a 22% service charge, like they're not asking you to tip. And if they are, then there's something wrong with that. But if there's no service charge, then you get to leave what you want. 
I think restaurants really got hit hard, obviously. I of know course, a lot yeah. of industries did. And you sound like you're, like, you don't want to be a whiner about it. Like, everyone knows, like, the hospitality industry right. and the people who work in it, like, not only the mental anguish, but the financial anguish for the ownership. Yeah, it was it was really tough to keep uh, all the staff, all of our spots open because downtown, uh, not just pandemic, but, you know, George Floyd, social unrest, that hit downtown hard as well. Starting to come back a little bit, um, which is nice. I think companies want to see their employees back in, which is good. You're noticing it is busier downtown than it was a year sure. ago, and it was yeah. even before a year ago. So, Were you close at any point during the pandemic to shutting one of these restaurants down for good? No, I, we never had that mentality. You know, I think the government programs really gave everybody an extra kind of life, if you will, a little you got, video game reference. Right, so. right. <laughs> you got the PPP money. We got PPP, and then there's... Then restaurant um, revitalization. We got one restaurant revitalization, but we didn't uh, didn't uh, get the others because they ran out of money. But It was sort of random how people got it and didn't get it. It was very strange because I, I submitted... Um, borough and parlors first and then as i did the other applications they i i combined the three of them mm. so kind of like what blue plate did and D'Amico did they have them all mixed all together. together uh and so we lost out on the three that i have grouped together but the the borough huh. parlor went through so you just never know yeah brent yeah. frederick with jester concepts i want to ask you about p.s steak because to me p.s steak was a really gutsy move you opened a steakhouse in a city, in a metro area, that has some great steakhouses, right? Mm-hmm. Manny's is known throughout the country. Murray's, uh, you have kind of icons like Murray's and Jack's and Mancini's. Uh, 801 entered the market, and they do a nice job. There's a lot of good steak in the Twin Cities. Uh, why did you open a steakhouse? I think that there... Minnesotans love meat and potatoes, no matter how much they want to say it's they, accurate. they love, you know, they love the creativity of, of Spoon and Stable and, and Burrow and, and Alma, and they, they love those spots. But I'll tell you what, they're always going to come back to meat and potatoes. So yes. when we were looking at how to revitalize that 510 building, because it's, it's got an iconic past of restaurants, and not just La Bovee, but before that as well. It's right across from the Walker Arts Center for people to try to visualize. If you've never been to La Belle Vie or, or it was 510 Groveland before it, that? Yeah, it was, it was the 510 before the that. 510, and both yeah. of those were iconic, won major awards. And yeah. we were like, what do we need to do to insert some life here? So um, we decided on the steakhouse. And it was gutsy. Birch was right up the street. But it was a, a big restaurant. I think they had some the pizza going on in the basement. Um, and I, th- I felt like we could do our take uh, on steak, cocktails, big, bold wine list, and make it small and intimate and boutique. And, and we did that, and it's been successful. Yeah, I think it's, it's a great example of the fact that all of us are always, whatever your business is, you're trying to think about, like, how do I either fill a gap in the marketplace or how do I come up with something new and fresh? Mm-hmm. And you really, I don't know that you've, well, you sort of created the the need for this, right? Because there were plenty of steakhouses or plenty of upscale steakhouses, mm-hmm. but you added like a bit of a kind of a fresh energy to different ways of treating steak, different cuts. So when we analyzed the the steakhouses, we, we noticed that the iconic Manny's and, and Murray's, they, they've just 
stuck to their guns, and they, they've, they've had the same stake for a very long time. There was no evolution, in our mind anyways. And then you look at Birch, and they started to evolve a little bit. You know, They had a Zabiton on the menu, which is equivalent to our Denver steak. But what we did is we, we, took a, a, we, we evolved the steakhouse in a sense where that American, uh, that Black Angus and that Wagyu mix, and people yeah. weren't doing that yet. So we right. found a product that no one else was using, and we built our steakhouse off of that. It's more flavor. Um, and then, of course, we knew that Birch didn't have a, a cocktail bar. They had a bar, but yep. they did not have a cocktail list. So we, you know, at Jester Compsets, feel pretty strongly about our cocktail program. And we will always like to have bars everywhere we go. So we want to incorporate that as well. We knew we could be different. Brent Frederick, owner, chief manager, Jester Concepts. You are about to open a new version of Butcher and the Boar. We will talk about that. Uh, plus, I'll get your three favorite restaurants that you don't own. So places you like to go in the Twin Cities. So we'll talk about that. Plus, that new Butcher and the Boar. I was there last night. You guys are going to love it. And I will be honest, I was a little hesitant mm-hmm. about a new Butcher and the Boar. So we'll talk about that with Brent Frederick. And the smell of a parlor burger is wafting through our studio right now. The best birthday present imaginable. It is 418. DeRussia Eats brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board. And Liquor Boy continues in just a minute. I mean, maybe a pizza concept. Maybe you need a pizza concept, Brent. Brent Frederick from Jester. They are the team behind really some of the most interesting Restaurants in the Twin Cities, Burrow, P.S. Steak, Manello, Parlor. That Parlor Burger you guys got so famous for, um, which no one complains about getting famous for anything, but chefs in this town who have been associated with burgers, you can always tell like a little bit of a mixed feeling about it because once a burger gets hot, it's hard to get people to order other stuff. That's exactly right. And that, that was, that's exactly what happened at Burrow and Parlor, too. Um the whole how the parlor burger got started was um, in in parlor it was just all cocktails so there's no food the chefs didn't want any food down there um, they didn't they wanted everyone in borough eating their food um, so after I think about a year Jesse held uh, our our bar manager at the time bar director for Jester uh, he was like guys I need something people are getting way too drunk right they need something they need some food, they need some food. yeah so. One of the sous chefs said, "He All may right. have been talking about me at that stage <laughs> of my life." Well, make you a burger and shut up about it. So they made the parlor burger, and it's it just took off. Unbelievable! It's really good. Yeah. The secret is it butter? It's a hundred percent butter. It's, the burger is not a hundred percent butter. No, but it is not. Big. It is actually uh, not. Uh, actually, the blend that that we've been doing uh, doesn't include any butter. No actually, butter. mixed into it. Um, it started off that way, but um, we tried it without it. Um, but with butter on the griddle, so yeah, that kind of so works. It gets it that way. Yeah. Um, but it's really it's the blend and it's the char. That's the that's the secret. So it's actually more technique than it is product. Interesting. Yeah, that smash burger, like you have to get that char on there. Because that char seals in the juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you get And the char just tastes really good. It too. does taste yeah. good. There's something about caramelized meat. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, did I think I'd be talking about caramelized meat today? No, but, <laughs> but there it is. All right. Butcher and the Boar, you had a charity event there last night. First chance for a, a, a lot of us to get into this space. In the North Loop, 
how did so first of all, like what happened? Butcher and the Boar was in the Twin Cities for a long time, very successful. Yeah. The owner expanded to South Carolina. It was a money pit, a train wreck, destroyed the restaurant here. So they sell it off, but you're there's currently a butcher type operation, Butcher's Tail, mm-hmm. in the original Butcher and the Boar building. And now you're opening Butcher and the Boar. Does this sound as confusing to people uh, listening to this? It, it's a little confusing. It is confusing. It's really unfortunate that it's this confusing. Um, we we navigated the the bankruptcy. You know, we we worked with the trustee. We bought the the trademark. We bought all the IP. We bought all the the Instagram, the Facebook. Like it's it's all it's ours. all the stuff. Yeah. It's all the stuff that you would need. To revitalize this brand. You didn't want to be in that original building? You wanted to be in a different spot? Or it was already sold? It wasn't an option? Um, no, it, it was an option. But I felt like um, that this was a better location. We had a lot of success in the North Loop with Burrow and Parlor. And you're right by your you own know, restaurant. They're, yeah. they're after the social unrest and the things happening downtown. I wanted to, I wanted to move it out. So, um, are you disappointed that there's a, a similar concept that there's going to be some confusion out there? I'm I'm a little disappointed that that the it, it's gone the way it's gone. Let's put it that way. I, yeah. uh, there could have been a lot more communication to avoid something like this, but um, in the end, we are the right group to bring this this back. It fits really well in our portfolio. I think we do meat well. We do cocktails very well, and that's what Butcher was based off of. We also have close ties with former chef Jack Rebel, yeah. um, and his, his wife Catherine remains a good friend and investor, and she was our wine steward at Burrow for eight years. Jack would come in all the time, and we'd, we'd talk with him. So we've got a close connection there, and I really feel like when he left and then Tim Rooney died, the, the soul of that place also died with it. So yeah. I think it's been a while, not just it closed in 2020. I think it's been faltering for a while. Well, I talked to, you know, I think, Many of our listeners know I was good friends with Jack, mm-hmm. and I talked to Catherine about the new Butcher and the Board of Boar, and she is just so excited about it, yeah. uh, which made me feel good. And being in the space last night, I think people who remember the vibe and the excitement of the original Butcher and the Boar, you you guys, you have a knack for uh, fixing up a spot that feels hmm. It feels new, but it also feels like it's naturally been this way forever. I think that was our that that was the, our hope going in. How do we make this very intimate, cozy, and like it's been there? And um, while we're still touching up, you know, uh, the, the the final spaces here and there, but I think we've achieved that. I think it feels good in there. I think it feels, you know, we've, we've got the, the the polished concrete floors and the exposed timbers. Um, in all the the plush seating, and uh, we feel really good about the space. And again, it's in a great neighborhood. It's, it's got in tons the north of parking. Where is it for people who are trying to visualize where it is? Yeah, so if people know where Borough Parlor and Bar La Grassa is, you just head one block basically south past Bunkers yeah. on on Eighth there, and you run into a big parking lot, and we're right at the corner. So we're just a block in from Washington, kind of closer to the to this. To Target Field. And you were able to hire people? Yeah. I think uh, that's been one of the biggest surprises. Um, we hired a great management team. They went out and spent – we hired them nice and early so they could have time to to find all of our staff. And I'm – 
Which is I'm expensive. more excited You're, about you, the staff than I am the space, yeah, to tell you yeah. the truth. So. Yeah. It is expensive when you, you're hiring managers and you're not bringing any money in. Money's just going out. But sure is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we've got a great banking relationship and a great banking partner. And we've got a, we, we've got a pretty solid group of restaurants that, you know, helps us kind of stay afloat. So we Res- reservations prepared. are open for it now. Yep. They went live yesterday with the, the, the cool. ar- article release. So I'm excited about it. The stuff I tried last night is really good. People are going to be happy to check it out in the North Loop, I think. Brent Frederick from Gesture Concepts, three restaurants that you do not own that you like going to in the Twin Cities. Okay, so this was tough. Um, I would say number one, kind of like my wife and I like to go to, always during the holidays, we go to Meritage in St. Paul. Uh, and we go see so Russell. He's always, he's always great and gracious. And we love uh, champagne and sparkling and oysters. Great wine list. And, oh, great great oyster list. bar. Yeah. So good. So much fun. Um, the second one is more of a family kind of go-to. We love Yum Kitchen and Bakery. Ah, great. Yeah. Uh, Robbie and Patty Soskin, they've done such a, a Patty a is coming job. on the show in a couple weeks. I love think. it. I love her. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, so that's kind of our family go-to. Usually... Go to the Minnetonka one over St. Louis Park, just mm-hmm. a little closer for us. But nice. Um, and then, and number, then three? number three was like a split for us because like we're either going out with family or we go on a date night. Okay. And date night to St. Paul for Meritage always happens, no matter what in in the holidays. But on that on that off night, um, I would say Alma or Spoon and Stable. Both Gavin and Alex run great programs. So yeah. and they're good friends. So good list. Yeah, it's good stuff. Brian, I'm excited for you. I think you're the the fact, and we talked about this a little last night, like the fact that you're able to hire so many people goes to that your group has a good reputation as a place to work. Yeah, we were talking about that last night a little bit. You don't hear about your own reputation all that much. <laughs> you know, that's the tough part. Yeah. But I think we have focused on culture over the pandemic. We spent a lot of money on training programs and in hiring programs and in developing core values to really kind of follow through with and and hold staff accountable, but make it a fun place to work. So we're trying. It's different, it's right? Like you tough. have to, the younger group of workers, like they want a voice in how things are being run. Yeah, it's a lot different. I mean, when I was growing up, I was told what to do. Yes, Otherwise, I was fired. And correct. I was told that repeatedly, by the way. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so you know, you don't... When, when you don't like it, when you're in it, you want to do it better, and you want to do it different. And then this is this is our time to do it different. Good stuff. Yeah. Br- Brent Frederick, thank you. Appreciate it. Love, thanks for having me on. DeRussia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. It's time for DeRussia Eats, brought to you today by Liquor Boy in St. Louis Park. I'm so glad to have Chef Vincent Francois with us here in studio. Chef, it's great to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. Can you you say your own name for me? Vincent Francois. Francois. I like to say a qual la quality. No. <laughs> you put the quality, <laughs> the quality in Francois. Hey, you know, it works. People pronounce it well. After. As a Frenchman, I mean, you have the ultimate in, in pickup lines and seduction, right? Uh, that's what people say. I don't know if he translates well, but uh, I mean, so I've seen think. your wife. I think you did you did pretty well. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. How long have you lived here in Minnesota? Uh, well, I moved here in Minnesota in 1998. 
1998. Yeah. And uh, so I've been here, you know, what, 26 years, 25 years. But I was six years in New York before that. Has your So you've been here in America for more than 30 years. Yes. When are you going to stop pretending to use this French accent? Yeah, that's what people say. But I, it's, you know, it's part of my marketing plan. You know, I cannot be. <laughs> but, you know, when I go to France, they tell me I, I speak French with an American accent. So I don't know. It's hurtful. It's, 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 it's painful when you hear that. My, my wife speaks French. And the last time we were in France, right away people knew because of her accent, right, which I think, yeah. is, I think is very funny. We think you can just go, if you speak the language and no. you have the accent, it's good enough, but no. No, I've been going through this experience for the last for 30 years. Time, yes. <laughs> Vincent uh, maybe came to prominence with your, your own restaurant on Nicollet Mall near Orchestra Hall. Yes, uh, correct. Yeah, Vincent, which is now a coffee shop. Coffee shop, yeah. Which so, That's is, the beauty in America. They, they just turned this building into... <laughs> You know, it was a beautiful restaurant, and then the day after, it became a coffee shop. I mean, they turned that sucker into a coffee shop real fast. Rather quickly, actually. And, and Brits, Have you been in there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, it took me a while, actually. It took me a while. I wondered about that. It's, yeah. a, it's a little painful, right? Uh, you know, uh, the restaurant was 15 years, so it's, right. uh, it's a lot of time. But, yeah, I would say it took me a while to, to, to go back to it. And uh, But, yeah, actually, we when I sometimes meet with other people, we tell them... Uh, with other people from Vincent, we know where table 18 were. We right. know where table 50. So we right. say, okay, meet you at table 50. <laughs> one, <laughs> of, one of my best friends in life, the very first time I sat down and really got to know him, we just knew each other on Twitter, mm-hmm. was in your restaurant oh, in wow. Vincent. So oh. we had lunch. Me yeah, it was, it was a nice uh, lunch spot. I was thinking of it. Like even o- over the holiday, a lot of people will come in and... It's it's a great time, no regret, you know. And, yeah, uh, you know, and now I'm I'm starting it again. So, so you have uh, just opened Chloe by yep. Vincent. Yes. And when your restaurant, when you closed Vincent, you worked for a while for I did uh, a culinary director uh, job for three years at the Cara Irish Pub, which was the local Kirian and the uh, uh, Leafy in Saint Paul and the and the local in Saint Louis Park, and then. I I was missing the kitchen a bit too much, so I went mm. to the Minecara Country Club for yeah. another three years. And then one day, um, Dennis and Matt Mono contacted me about a project, and uh, here we are, you know. Yeah. We were, the project was supposed to be a Vincent restaurant, but, you know, every deal in restaurant business, I always, until you open the door, so I end up for... But uh, end up turning being a Chloe, which was the other idea by Vincent. So Chloe is our daughter. She's nine years old and having a good time in a kitchen with me. So, what is that like having your having your daughter in the kitchen with you? It's you know, it's you know. So, to to be truthful, I became a dad at, at the age of forty five right. after a, a very full life of a you know. You had a good time. Good time, yeah, in a restaurant business. So, <laughs> so I has been always a bit tough for me to play with uh, with what we call the regular play. You know, sure. the the game and. And I was, you know, so the the best time that we have together is when, whether we do sport, skiing, snowboarding, even right. swimming, and then it's spending time in the kitchen. And from an early age, I had her to kind of help her. And and I'm fortunate enough that she's always uh, curious about it. So and uh, so we did spend a, a bit of time in the kitchen. And at the, it was more my business partner who said, "What do we call it for Chloe? Because we see you on Facebook doing those little video and." Uh, which was more for my family in Europe. Mm. 
And uh, so uh, it's it's lovely. It's lovely, and actually, it's good for babysitting too now because she can come at the <laughs> restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> so we save a bit of money for that. Do you have that feeling? Like I used to bring my kids to the TV station, and I, you have a mixed feeling as a as a father, where you want your kid to have a better life. <laughs> yeah. But you also like there's part of you that you think like, wow, if they were touched or inspired to follow in your footsteps in some way like how amazing would that be yeah i you know i never i it, she's nine so you she's don't have nine to worry so about it too you much. know and actually the the new thing she's going to do she's going to be a teacher in america and then go to france to cook for the summer uh-huh. that's what she told us okay. but uh, um well, you know i don't it's good know, to have goals at age nine right? you know yeah, yeah i mean you know you got to be ambitious but uh, for me it's more um i was, uh, was saying you know i like that she know to cook a bit because when she go to college obviously she 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 could be able to cook for herself but yeah. I, I have no ambition for her to become a chef I, she want to she will uh, but for now it's just a good time together and uh, and I think cooking uh, help you know dexterity help uh, 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 also to, to think so I think it's a good yeah. experience too but yeah as you say you know we if the, she does it great for her but I will make sure that she knows what she getting to it right it's tough it's, it's tough it's a great business, but it's not the easier. And, you know, you're always there. You live the uh, life off from the regular life. Chef Vincent Francois is our guest. Chloe by Vincent opened in downtown Minneapolis. Yes. Your restaurant career outside that trip to Minicata Club yes. has been in downtown. Yes. This has been a tough time for downtown Minneapolis. Uh, uh, and mean, you've lived through tough times. You had to live through the orchestra Yes, strike. strike. Yeah, we did it all. I mean, I, I mean you know, and to, we opened Vincent two weeks after 9 11. And right. so we did went through, but it, it, it is a bit tough. But I, I'm, I'm a. I'm, what are you finding? I mean, why would you open a restaurant downtown? Okay, well, we, to be fair, the, the, the spot that we were looking at weren't down, wasn't in Minneapolis and it didn't happen. But, and when this came up, you know, I did my research a bit and I, there's one thing that I tell people. I'm very proud to be in, in Minneapolis, and I call Minneapolis my, my hometown. And I also believe that, yeah, we went through a, a lot of hardship. And, you know, even in Minneapolis, you know, it kind of be a double whammy almost. But I believe it's going to come back. And I feel strongly that I, I love this city. It's a great city, actually. I was calling someone this morning, and I said, I just love to be around here. And in the Mill District... Uh, where we are, I think yeah. you, you see there's a lot of population. There's a lot of apartment building. Where we where we were at Vincent on 11 Nicolette is is a bit rough, but it always been too a bit rough too. So it's not really new. And I'm really trying to stay positive. And you know, a lot of people say downtown, downtown, but it's not it's not really that bad now. You no, know? I agree. I mean, I'm here every day. I've been here every day all during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and the biggest change is that we miss everyone. So I I don't think things are worse necessarily than they were before. No. But but you didn't see it because there were so many other people. Right. And now all you see is what you see. Yes. I, I, you know, I agree with it because, you know, um, it's a city first, okay? City it's things city. happen, you know, yes. people, you know, and you know, there's be more interaction. But what we miss is more the, the, the people, the people no longer work here. And and obviously, I think it's going to come back. It was going to take a, a longer time. It's a new way of things, thing, but 
I don't think the city is worse than other cities. I mean, I live in New York and, and all that. Yes, there was some, you know, around the George Floyd era, it has been rough. There's no doubt about it. But it's just a city when city thing happen, and 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 that's what I tell people. Just, it's going to come back. It it will come back. It will come back. And I know some people. Is is it? You know what? It's easy to live a pessimist life. Hmm. You know, going to always. Do you think so? It is easier to to be a pessimist. Yeah, to say things never work, and if they work, you're happier. I, I'm hmm. a I'm a more like, oh no, if things gonna work. Well, now if it doesn't work, I'm disappointed. It. Yeah. Disappointed. It's interesting. But I I, I, tell I think people, that's true. I mean, I struggle with that a little bit in this job, right? Where part of my job is to point out things that are wrong, right? But if all I do is come on here and complain about things that are wrong. I mean, well, that sucks. Like, well, who wants that? Who want to live like this? And and what 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 really bugged me the most is people complain about the city, but never gonna do anything for it. So I tell people, okay, well, if you don't like what you see, just help out. Just come to work there. Just right. one one. Yeah, come to work. Going to work there. Come. You, you yeah. can People cannot complain how the city is and just stay cozy in their little neighborhood or suburb. And and I think... I think some people don't really care. They just like no. to complain because yes. it validates what they already think. Yes. So, and, you know, and, and, you know, and the radio, I mean, the radio, the TV and all that would say, we'll see what happened here. And I think yeah. uh, it happened everywhere. And, you know, if you really... Not that that makes it okay. Like, we, we used to think we were special be- that that kind of yes. stuff didn't happen here. Yes. Yeah, well, guess what? We like everybody. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's... It's it's not that bad. I mean, I'm driving late at night. I am, you know, and yeah, yeah and, and things will happen like happen in every city. Yes, you pay a bit more attention, but it's what you do. Vincent Francois is our guest. Chloe is the name of the restaurant. It's uh, in the ground floor of a hotel. Yes, so that helps. So you have some customers there, and it yes. is a very residential area. Yes, I actually just looked at a condo right in that area too. Right. It's a great part of town, close to U.S. Bank Stadium. French cooking. Yes. Uh, for a long time, you were the only, really, the only game in town. That's French. <laughs> French technique. I I worry sometimes that in this sort of everybody wants a chicken sandwich, mm-hmm. burger environment, are we teaching cooks and chefs how to actually cook and chef? Well, that's a great point, you know. Um it's, French is sort of where that used to be like, oh, you learn these techniques, right. you learn how to make sauces, and yeah. that's really the hallmark of French food, right? Right, and, and I believe, you know, with the technique of French food, you can cook all kind of food. Everything else, you know? right. I would, I would say maybe smoking. We don't do much smoking that right. we do here. But it's um, it's what I think the is— The French smoke, but just not smoking Yeah, we meats. don't smoke meat, but we're just, yeah. we're just a big smoking right. company. <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, the thing is— uh, um, uh, what is making it hard is we have great people who want to cook, and but they don't have the um, exposure to French food. So you have to explain a bit more. But I think, um, um, and and also we, we it's interesting. We did this. We're doing those savory crepes right now, and they are the traditional savory crepe with the buckwheat. And yes, mm-hmm. it's called a galette. And, a galette. Yes. And and I think. People don't really understand it now, wow. and so, we, so we, we're trying to see it if we can, uh, you know, because I, if we can fix it a bit and just tweak it a bit, because in in one way we we are French restaurant, but we need to also try to uh, acclimate the the Minnesota palate. But you're not a fancy French restaurant. No, it's uh, really supposed to be a casual, like we you, are like casual. a cafe. You would find. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's still a restaurant, but it's more like on a bistro side. It's everyday bistro, French yeah. food and. You know, it's it's too beef bourguignon. I mean, and the menu will change and evolve. But we have the pate, the escargot, 
And, you know, are we are Minnesotans afraid of the French words like they don't want to seem stupid and that we don't know how to pronounce? I I won't say they're afraid, but they could get intimidated. But I mean, you shouldn't be right. No, you shouldn't be. Why should you know these words? But, you know, the the thing, learn it. The problem with the French and that I I, French government have have an issue is we promote only high end item. You talk, you know, fashion, high brandy, high fashion. Yeah, wine. Yeah, yeah. Very expensive. Yeah. People think and it's so expensive. everybody thinks it's expensive. And actually, for us, we, we are going the other way and we'll see if it works, you know. And I think so far it has been a, a good uh, uh, response. So we were very excited Great. about it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to know your three favorite restaurants that you don't own that you like to visit. It's one of our favorite uh, parts of these interviews on Russia Eats, brought to you by Liquor Boy here on Drive Time with Russia. The restaurant is Chloe by Vincent. The chef is Vincent Francois, our guest on De Russia Eats here on CCO Radio. Do you think you changed as a chef at all after you became a father? You talked about your daughter having a yeah. having a nine year old a little later. Yeah, in good life. question. Uh, as a chef, um, you know what I found out when I stop um, uh, Vincent's restaurant is when I get home is how you got to cook every night and. How people, you know, it's a challenge. You know, you have to come up with new thing. And yeah. uh, did I did I change as a chef? No, I don't think so. But I think as I get older, I'm more into going back to the source, to the basis of French food, and that's what Chloe by Vincent makes sense for me because we really go traditional. And um, what does that mean, going back to the source, to you? You know, to to the the pleasure of doing a, a simple uh, beef stew. The, the, the pleasure of making a, a nice pate that sometimes as a chef because we try to create and create and at one point I felt like well maybe it's time for me to do this classical and you know I love to do like a, a chicken in red wine a cocovin I love to do this and really enjoy make you know the, my grandmother soup we we ran as a special last week the the stuffed tomato of my mother and it's just just it's just like very fulfilling you know yeah. so that's that's what I, I enjoy you grew up in sort of the a wine region, right? Yeah, southwest of France, uh, Cahors, where the Malbec originated. And uh, I've been uh, in a small town, 14th century, small town. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I spent, you know, my first uh, 22 years there, more or less, you know. Have you noticed a change at all in, in the way or, uh, people drink wine here, the types of wine? People have been telling me people are drinking maybe less wine right now. I don't know if that's um, January. I think, or yeah. Well, well, first I mean, is January. Cocktails. Yeah, it's January. I think uh, cocktail definitely take a, a step up. But for us, it's a lot of wine and cocktail. I mean, that's what that's we do. French. It. It's you gotta have wine. Yeah, we do the, the the French wine and all that. I think uh, it's more. You know, I always joke with my friend the Argentinian because now they they're really covering up the Malbec Malbec, yeah. Malbec market and in France uh, Cahors, that's where Malbec starts. So, and we sell a, a lot of um, we just have French wine, and I know, but I think people are still drinking wine, you know, and you know, and all those brewery and all that. But at the end of the day, we for us, as far as we know, we sell wine and cocktail. Yeah, yeah. All right. Three favorite restaurants that are not your own. Where do you, uh, where do you like to go? Okay, if I do it like us, you know what? Uh, one that I go every often is Terzo. Terzo, so good. I know underrated, them. I think. Yeah, that underrated. Yeah, I think it is underrated on 50th Terzo, and Penn. Because it's on the broader. Uh, broader yeah, the broader empire, I call right. it. When I talk to them, <laughs> you know, they got three places. But I think, talk about an underrated restaurant. Yes. It's always good. And, you know, the, the three kids now are part of the... 
the Empire, so they really keep an eye on it pretty closely. That's my favorite bar to sit and just drink a great glass of Italian wine. I know. And and the wine list is pretty amazing. Yeah. And so so that's that's good. That's good. Um, Another one that I just tried called uh, All Saints. All Saints, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really nice. You know, it's uh, you go for a little plate and all that. And really, really nice. Kim Small Tong uh, is the general manager there. Yes, yes. And yeah. I love her. No, that's fantastic. Can and I so have? Can I have four restaurants? You can. Yes. Okay. Another one, and I know you know the problem with restaurant and is everything new is is good, you know. But <laughs> yeah. one place that I like is a Nicolette Inn. Ah. We did our anniversary there. It yeah. was, it's just like there's some magic to the space, you know. And the food, they don't try to uh, reinvent the wheel and all that. We have one of the abdos on the show last week. Oh, yeah. And was talking yeah, about yeah. my burger, but uh, yeah, yeah. Corey, of course, yes, uh, runs Nicolet Island Inn. Yeah, well, that's what it's excellent. It's excellent. good. Okay, good. you get one more. And uh, a place for, like, uh, it's not really a restaurant. It's called Abang Yali. It's oh, uh, the, yes. the fried chicken. They got two spaces. Uh, one is uh, on Nicolette and one is at the Markham Yard Market. Yeah. And, uh, uh, 38th, the one, I think, 38th and Nicolette around yes, there. Yes, which yeah. is close where I'm from, and I love to stop by. And uh, the fried chicken is good. And they also do the steam bun now. Yes. So that's really bow, nice. I mean, we, you know, I, don't, I think, I know it's Midwest, you know, but, I th- and, uh, you know, the thing, when you, that's the reason that I don't really want to go to the suburb. Sometimes my wife insists because of school and that, but I'm like, the city, we have so many diversity. Oh, I know. And I know a few, few friends who move to the suburb and they tell us about restaurants is, is, is what it is. And you come back to what you mean about sh- chef just making burger and, and, and all that. And, and so, and for us, the challenge is uh, the staffing yeah. to get the people. Yeah. You and everybody. It's it's every industry is struggling with. Yeah, that, I think, sure. but our industry days it's the, the hardest. All the layer because the of hours, the hours. Yeah, the, the hour. hours. Yeah, yeah. Vincent Francois, I am such a fan of yours. Thank you, and uh, so excited. Chloe, the first, perhaps, is a uh, the goal is to open a couple other. Yeah, if we if we can, you know, find uh, the right space, find the right space, and do it uh, one restaurant at a time. You know, I'm I'm a, I don't want to open just for the sake of opening. I want to make sure we have our. Uh, you know, we we well set, and then we can talk about it. But the Chloe by Vincent is, since it's traditional food, it's much more easier, yeah, to duplicate, and uh, so that that would be great. Seven hundred South Third Street. Come see Vincent at Chloe by Vincent. Uh, you can go tonight, Vincent. Uh, yeah. Thank you. We well, thank it. you very much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate. It. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast on WCCO Radio, 830 AM. We do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email jason at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com, jason at odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.